You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. Now with us, and we welcome back and wish him a happy new year, Pete Weatherburn from Brave Vet and Old Connor, Pete the Vet. Just in case there's any confusion. Pete. Good, good morning. Good Michael. morning to you. Happy New Year. You are to you Pete, too. the vet. I am Pete. The well, vet. I'm Pete there's only one vets. vet. Okay. <laughs> Happy New Year to you. Same to you. Same to you. Right then. Um, interesting stories over uh, the Christmas time. One concerns pets being very much like humans when it comes to obesity and the consequences. I think it's really interesting, both in itself and also for the way that it mirrors the issue with humans. So what we know is that around two-thirds of pet dogs are overweight or obese, which is a heck of a lot when you think about it. And two-thirds is so high that it's now almost normal for people to, to see a fat dog and say, that's, a, that's just a normal dog. And it's got to the stage where if somebody has a dog that's the normal body weight, people will come up to that person in the park and say... You're not feeding your dog enough. It's too thin. So people now think that a normal, healthy dog is too thin. And that's the real problem for us all. And it's not just because of, it's not just aesthetics. It's just, it's not just that, um, you know, fat dogs look, look ugly or something. It's nothing to do with the appearance. We're talking about the fact that overweight and obese animals have shorter lives. And this was proven in a, in a report this week that was published in, in one of the main veterinary journals. What, what they did is they tracked over 50,000 dogs from 12 specific breeds and they tracked them over two decades so they could really see what effects the body weight was having on, on, on the various diseases that dogs get. And what they found was in every breed, being overweight or obese led to a shorter um, a shorter lifespan. This is in dogs now. You could take this laboratory conditions and say this will definitely affect humans in the same way. I'm, I'm absolutely sure you could if, if the research was done. Um, and what they found was that there, there were specific illnesses that, were, that were, were much worse in these particular dogs. And these aren't just illnesses like arthritis and heart disease where you might go, okay, so they're carrying more weight, therefore there's more pressure on their system. It's not just those illnesses. The, 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 other, the illnesses which are, which are um, I think, most significant would be illnesses that you mightn't think of, such as cancer, kidney disease, um, uh, high blood pressure. These are illnesses which you don't necessarily associate with extra body weight. And I'll tell you the reason why, because that's really interesting. Like, how could being fat make you more likely to get cancer? Well, I'll tell you how. The state of obesity is actually a state of inflammation. What that means is that your body is reacting to the excess fatty tissue in your body in the same way as it would react to an injury or to a bacteria invading the body. It basically treats the extra body fat as something that it wants rid of, and it reacts by becoming uh, by, by um, inflammation, which means the production of a number of different blood cells um, and chemicals to try to deal with the fat. And the, the problem with inflammation is, first of all, it has a, a daily effect of making you feel miserable. So if you've got inflammatory chemicals going around your bloodstream, you just feel a bit lousy. That's the first effect. But the second and the most significant effect is that um, inflammation is a precursor to cancer. Now, that doesn't mean that every time you get some sort of illness involving inflammation that you're going to get cancer. But what we do know is that if, some, if, if there's a long-term state of inflammation, 
anywhere in the body, then cancer is more likely to develop, and that's across a number of different diseases. Um, for example, some some people, some humans have got chronic inflammatory illnesses. They will know that the incidence of cancer is higher in them than in people who don't have these diseases. So that's an example of that. So with dogs that are overweight or obese, what they're now saying is because of that state of extra body fat, they're more likely to get cancer. They're more likely to have a shorter life, and that's. You know, if people didn't already have a good incentive to make sure their pets were at the ideal body condition, this news really should it should be the final message which says to them, get your act together. Well, what does that mean, get your act together? What do you have to do with pets? You've got a, a fat dog who's always starving, you know. Yeah, see, well, that, this is what amazes me, really. I can see the problem for humans who are overweight or obese because they have weak wills. We're human beings. We all accept. We all accept that, you know... We, we're not machines, we can't just do what we're meant to do. You know, sometimes you see a Mars bar, you really want a Mars bar, you give in to your weak will and you eat the Mars bar and that's it. So, you know, that's what happens in, in a human world and that's part of being human. But pets can't do that. So if your pet suddenly feels an urge to have a Mars bar or whatever, the doggy equivalent, your pet can't do it by themselves. They need you to do it as well. So. To me, it's the perfect situation for optimal body weight. It's like if we had somebody who stood there with a, with a, with a, a, a lock between us and the fridge saying, no, you can't get into the fridge to have food you don't need. Like, wouldn't it make life much easier for us to have somebody like that? Well, that's what animals have. They have somebody to look after their diet in their absolutely optimal way. So it's entirely up to us. Okay, to- but give us the idea. I mean, I know all dogs are different sizes and whatever, but an ideal diet for a dog is. Okay, well... First thing to know about is what's the ideal body condition for a dog? How do you know if a dog's a bit overweight? Well, there's three ways you tell. You put your hands on their back and you should be able to feel the bones of their spine. If you can only feel a layer of blubber there with no bones, your dog's too fat. Put your hand on their side, on their on their ribs. You should be able to feel the ribs, like a little uh, like a um, piano key sticking up. You should be able to feel them if you run your hand down their, their, their ribs. If you can't feel their ribs, they're too fat. And finally, when you look at the dog from above, you should see an hourglass shape. It should be wider at the chest and narrower at the hips. And if you look down at your dog and they're straight back, in other words, the hips are just as wide as the ribs, then your dog is overweight or obese. So the first thing is to know what your dog's correct weight is. And if you're not sure about that, then you should go to your vet and they'll do that assessment that I've described to you. What they'll also do is they'll weigh your dog and they'll put a note on the, vet, on, on, the, on the pet's clinical notes. And I find this really useful because somebody might come in and say, I don't think my dog's overweight, they look, they look great to me. And I'll be able to go to their notes and I'll say to them, well, listen, two years ago, your dog was 20% lighter than this. So your dog has put on 20% weight in two years. So it really helps an awful lot to have it written down in the vet's clinic as to what your pet used to weigh, so then you can track it. So you asked me, what should you feed a pet on? Well, there's loads and loads of different ways, and I, I'm always suspicious when anybody says, this is the only way to feed a dog. That's not true. There's lots of good ways to feed a dog. The key, There are some key things, though, that people should stick to, and the first one is they should measure how much they feed their pet. Don't just give them a rattle of food in their bowl or a, or a few handfuls of meat or whatever, um, and don't just feed them when they want food. If you do that, your dog's going to get overweight. You should have a set amount you give them twice a day and just stick to it. And you should not indulge those pleading eyes when they come looking for treats and so on. Um, Of course they will do that if they get rewarded because they like treats. 
And if you give in to them, well, they'll, they'll be happy for like five seconds. But that five seconds will be at the cost of having their life shorter, significantly shorter, because they're overweight. So you need to, don't take a short-term view of your pet, take a long-term view. You want the pet to have a happy life and to live for as long as possible. So don't give in to those pleading eyes. Give a set amount of food morning and evening, and that's it. And it really is as simple as that. Peter Weatherburn, vet, and I think there's a metaphor for ourselves in that. Probably is. It probably is. I think indeed. it's more difficult for us. I really think it's more difficult for us. We haven't got a fridge gatekeeper. Dogs have got a food store gatekeeper that's you. So, you know, it's not their fault. If there's any issue, it's with you as their owner. So get your act together. All right. Pete Weatherburn from Bray Vet and Old Connor in Bray. Thanks very much indeed, Pete. Thank you. Good to see you as always.